0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. Hope you've had a great weekend, had an opportunity to rest, get to church. Um, I just want to say hello to everybody out there who watches this live stream. Um, I mentioned that on Sunday night we would be on Christian Television Network. There were some people had some difficulty finding that. Um, So we're checking into that to figure out what the problem was. I didn't have a chance to look for it myself, but uh, But I am on Christian Television Network now every Sunday night at 8 p.m. And I'll get you exact information on on how to connect to that, either either on your television through Dish or DirecTV or uh, online live streaming. That is going to be, that's got to be Vision Awakening, and that's going to be a 30-minute television program, which includes, of course, some of my sermons, some of the things I'm preaching on Sunday morning. Uh, so I'm really, really grateful to, to the network, uh, to, to Paul and Yvette Lodato who got me on there. Uh, but we've got to get some things worked out in terms of making it easy for you to access it because some people have, I talked to did have some difficulties. But that's, that's, that's come. I mean, that's already done. It's a, it's, it's a done deal. It's just a question now of me communicating with you clearly exactly what, um, how, how to get to it. Uh, I'm also going to be joining uh, a couple of other networks here in the next couple of months, but I'll keep you posted on that as, as that gets solidified and we have exact times and, and uh, where you can watch those programs as well. Uh, we are going to a national television program. That's, that's where the Lord is leading us, and I appreciate your prayers and your support uh, in every way. Remember, everything we're producing can be found on BishopEWJackson.tv, Jackson, TV. Bishop e. w. Jackson Dot TV. And by the way, I do want your feedback. If you see something that is not quite right or, or something that I've told you doesn't quite work the way you expected it to, uh, please let me know because obviously this is a work in progress and, and there may be some glitches, some, some mistakes, and I want to make sure we catch those. Uh, so that's why I was really happy to hear from people that, hey, I couldn't find the programs uh, last night. So I, I'll find out exactly what uh, what happened there and keep you posted. Well, look, Um, I don't even know where to start today uh, in terms of issues. And I don't know whether I'm going to get to Philippians today because there's so many things I want to comment on. I'm going to try, but, but I'm not certain of that, but I'll definitely get to it tomorrow. But before I start with anything else, I want to remind you that standards declared September celebrate American History Month. Celebrate American History Month in light of the attacks on American history which began, by the way, what, uh, uh, 30 years ago with Howard Zinn's, I forget exactly when Howard Zinn's book was published, but I think it was published in the 90s. Uh, Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, which is an abomination, it's just one long communist diatribe and lie against the United States of America. I mean, yeah, it points out mistakes that we made, but it it, it basically what the book is intended to convey is America is a horrible country, you should hate America, it's unjust, it's racist, it's exploited everybody on the earth, and America is just bad, 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 bad. If you're an American, you should be ashamed. That's Howard Zinn's abomination. If any parents, if you see that book mentioned anywhere in your child's curriculum, if you see that book anywhere in your child's library, or in anybody's library for that matter, Make sure you let people know that is one of the most horrible things you can ever give to an American to read because it is nothing but a polemic against our country. That's all it is. It's not history. It's, it's communism basically undermining the belief that America as a free society is any better. In fact, that we're worse. Communist China is better than America. Soviet Union was better than America. Uh, Fidel Castro's Cuba communist Cuba is better than America. Everything's better than America. Which is a lie out of the pit of hell. There's not a single country on the face of the earth that exists or ever has existed that's been a better place to live than the United States of America for all people, for all people. So now wait a minute, Bishop. What about slavery? But the country is now almost a quarter of a millennium old, and I'm talking about the here and now. And and by the way, I completely and totally and categorically reject the idea that America's uh, history of slavery is somehow controlling, affecting, infecting, poisoning defining everything about our country today. That's another lie. That's another lie. It is not. In fact, folks, let me say this. If you want to play that game, where do you stop? And so the the Irish who came here because they were by and large oppressed by the British. Should everybody of British ancestry have to pay everybody of Irish ancestry? The Jews who escaped here from Germany before Hitler's Holocaust. Should every American of German uh, background have to pay every Jewish American? And for the Native Americans who no question were, were conquered and subjugated by the Europeans who came here. What about the tribes that fought with each other before America, before our Europeans got here? Should each tribe receive reparations for the historical uh, oppression and and uh, subjugation and, and abuse and conquest that it received at the hands of another tribe? If, if African colonialism is supposed to be the explanation for everything wrong in Africa, what about before Europeans got there? Should the various African tribes, really tribes then, but to some extent nations as well, should the African nations have to pay reparations to the other African nations or African tribes that they conquered or abused or discriminated against? Folks, this is nothing but the left because they're godless. Trying to find an answer for human sin. Reparation, social justice, they're trying to find an answer for human sin. And of course, they don't realize they themselves are sinners, no matter how much they rave the Black Lives Matter flag. They don't realize they're just as lost as anybody else. In fact, in many cases, more so because they reject God. But they're trying to answer for human sin with human and secular solutions. And there's only one answer for human sin. Past, present, and future, and his name is Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Precious is that flow that makes me white as snow, nor the fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I'm not changing the verse because of some stupid political correctness. Well, see, see, you, the verse says, What well, can make me white as snow. Give me a break. I, this stuff will drive people insane. That is nothing but a symbol used to suggest purity. That's all. We refer to each other. I, I think we've got to find a better vocabulary as black and white. But everybody knows that those are not to be taken literally. Because here again, I've never met a person without color. Never in my life. There's no such thing. People love color. And then what did people without color? People love no color. I mean, come on. But of course, this is what communism does. Politicizes everything. But my point is The left is trying to be God without God. The left is trying to offer an antidote to human sin without Jesus. And the only thing they can come up with is you're white. You are responsible for every wrong thing that every white person anywhere in the world has ever done. And they've done wrong things all over the world because white people are the problem and you're black or you're a person of color or you're an indigenous person. You're t- you're, 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 you, are, you are a helpless victim, and they, they have abused you, they have taken from you, they, and every problem you've got is a result of white people. And that's what they come up with is their solution to sin. As I've said, the evil oppressors and the virtuous victims. And it's all a lie. Because you know what? People are sinful no matter the complexion of their skin. And history is replete with examples of pogroms and genocides and conquests, enslavements and subjugations by people of all backgrounds, all skin colors, all continental origins. And anything else that anybody tells you is a lie. As if subjugation just started with Europeans. I mean, give me a break. I mean, you gotta have BB's for brains to believe that. And you got a lot of college professors who teach that drivel. And it's 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 ignorance gone to seed and producing a great harvest of indoctrination and, and propaganda and cult-like thinking. Okay, all right, I. September is celebrate American history month because there's so much in American history to inspire us so much to encourage us so much to strengthen us so much to unify us. You won't hear that from the colleges and universities of our country. For the most part, you certainly won't hear it from these critical race theory cultists and communists because that's what they are. They're communists and cultists because communism itself is a cult. You certainly won't hear that from these violent anti crazies. They are the fascists. They, they're pointing the finger of fascism at everybody else. They're the biggest fascists on the planet, thinking because they don't like what you have to say, they got a right to use violence to shut you down. Now, what is that? That's right out of Hitler's playbook. People say, "Well, we got to shut it down because if they'd done that to Hitler, no, that's not the answer." Hitler's rhetoric did not bring him to power because they didn't shut down his ideas. Hitler's rhetoric was allowed to bring him to power because they shut down everybody else's and the people who didn't agree were not allowed to speak. I just read an article this morning about this idiot Acosta over at CNN talking about. Americans are trying to turn America into the Taliban and we're trying to be the Taliban. We're trying to create a theocracy. I've heard that canard so long. It is we Christians, we conservatives who love our Constitution, believe it is the most successful governing document in the history of mankind and are trying to protect it. He's saying trying to deny people their rights. We're not trying to deny anybody God-given rights. There is no God-given right to kill an unborn baby. That's a made up right by the Supreme Court. We don't try to stop people with violence. We don't try to stop people with intimidation. We don't try to stop people with threats, but we are going to continue to fight with every legal and political, political and constitutional mechanism at our disposal to stop it. It is a genocide. It is evil. It is wicked. It is wrong. And they don't want me to be able to say that because you know, somebody might believe me, somebody might be persuaded. All of these people running around celebrating the, the the ability. Uh just read this morning, uh I think in Texas the abortion clinics were able to to murder 60 some babies before before the law came into effect. And they're they're patting themselves on the back. Oh man. So efficient. So efficient. We got our killing machine down pat. Let me get to you the exact number, but yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're bragging. They're celebrating how 67, they were able to kill 67 babies in 17 hours. You know, there's something deeply wrong with our society when people celebrate that and Acosta is accusing us of trying to create a Taliban like society because we know that's 67 human lives. They will never have a chance to breathe. They will never have a chance to think. They will never have a chance to create. They will never have a chance to enjoy love and life. And we're the ones who are, are acting like the Taliban and they the Taliban kill people. What is, what is, what is Planned Parenthood doing? The Taliban kills people. I say repeatedly, repeatedly on this program and others, I don't want to kill anybody. I'm not interested in hurting anybody. I love people. I want people to live. My only goal is persuasion. And to pray the power of God upon people's lives that they might see the evil and repent before it's too late. We're not they're killing babies and celebrating that and saying the effort to stop that is somehow that's Taliban like I mean, you see how twisted and crooked and wicked and just perverse, the thinking of these people has become. Um, at any rate, this is celebrate American history month. I got off onto that talking about celebrate American history month. So I have a reading for you today. Um, I've been wanting to read some things to you today. And as a matter of fact, let me see, um, I'm not going to read out of this today, but I wanted to show this to you. This is, this is one of my favorite uh, research books. It's on George Washington, the character and influence of one man. You know, people have often referred to George Washington as the indispensable man, because I really, I really believe it, that without George Washington, that's why I rate him as the, the, the greatest president in our history. Abraham Lincoln would be second. Uh, some people think Abraham Lincoln was first, but I really believe that wouldn't, there wouldn't have been a country to fight for had it not been for George Washington. Uh, These are put out by the Foundation for American Christian Education. You probably can't read that, but the Foundation for American Christian Education, it was edited by Verna M. Hall. The reading that I did for you, I think I shared it with you all, the reading that I did for you all um, from some notes from George Washington came out of that book. It's got a lot of very interesting stuff in it. You can order it from the Foundation for American Christian Education uh, and once again, folks, I mean, I, I don't have any kind of economic relationship with them. I'm only recommending it to you because I think it's a great resource. Um, not because, you know, there's any quid quit, quit pro quo or anything that, that's coming to me. I don't ever recommend things to you because I'm going to make money off of them. I just don't do that um, other than my own books <laughs> because I want you to 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 see me as a resource to help you, not not trying to enrich myself, not trying to make money off of, uh, you know, the stuff that people do. And I just think that's, that's just a great resource. The Foundation for American Christian Education, in fact check them out anyway because <coughs> they've got, <coughs> excuse me, they've got a lot of great resources uh, because the American Foundation for Christian, the Foundation for American Christian Education connects the dots between our history in our Christian heritage, that America is culturally a Christian country. And that's been the key to our success. Well, to get back to to the reading I want to do for you today, it's out of this book by Robert J. Morgan, uh, 100 Bible Verses That Made America. 100 Bible Verses That Made America. Um, And I want to share with you something that he says, um, in I believe this is the introduction to the book, where he talks about some of the things that the Founding Fathers said, and I want to share some of those with you. Um, This is out of uh, the the speech that George Washington gave during his inaugural address. That's why I said I'm probably not going to get to Philippians today, but we'll see, because I still got some issues I want to discuss. This is from George Washington's inaugural address. He said, No people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which they have advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of providential agency. The propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself has ordained. John Adams wrote, The Bible contains the most profound philosophy, the most perfect morality, and the most refined policy that was ever conceived on earth. I believe it to be the only system that ever did or ever will preserve a republic in the world. John Jay, I'm reading a biography on John Jay right now. But John Jay, first Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court said, the Bible is the best of all books, for it is the word of God and teaches us the way to be happy in this world and the next. Continue therefore to read it and to regulate your life by its precepts. Abraham Lincoln wrote, In regard to this great book referring to the Bible, I have but to say it is the best gift God has given to man. All the good the Savior gave to the world was communicated through this book. Ulysses S. Grant wrote, hold fast to the Bible as the sheet anchor of your liberties, write its precepts in your hearts and practice them in your lives. Calvin Coolidge said, the foundation of our society and our government rests so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. And vice president Theodore Roosevelt wrote quote, a very large number of people tend to forget that the teachings of the Bible are so interwoven and intertwined and entwined with our whole civic and social life that it would be literally, I do not mean figuratively, I mean literally, impossible for us to figure ourselves what, li- what that life would be if these teachings were removed. Franklin Roosevelt said, We cannot read the history of our rise and development as a nation without reckoning with the place the Bible has occupied in shaping the advances of the Republic. And by the way, notice something. They understood that we are a Republic. That's been lost today. And Democrats tend to, we're a democracy, our democracy, our democracy. We're not a democracy, we are a constitutional republic. We do govern our affairs by democratic means, but a constitutional republic is not a democracy because the Constitution limits the power even of the majority because it acknowledges that our rights and our liberties don't come from the government, they come from Almighty God. Here's the final reading, George Washington. My words are few and plain. Listen well to what I tell you and let it sink deep into your hearts. You do well to wish to learn our arts and ways of life and above all, the religion of Jesus Christ. This will make you a greater and happier people than you are. I really believe that he wrote that, if I'm not mistaken, to, um, to, uh, the Delaware Indian Nation, recommending God's Word. But of course, it comes down to us, to posterity, to all Americans. Now, I wanted to share those with you. This is from Robert J. Morgan's book, "100 Verses That Made America," because I wanted you to see. And that's, by the way, just a, just a, 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 an infinitesimal smattering. Of the degree to which the Bible and Christianity have influenced our country, and we've got people in America who are—they are—they're always talking about this phobia and that phobia. They are Christophobic, they are bibliophobic, and they are uh, are um, are They 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 and they they use those words to depict that we hate. Homophobic, you hate homosexuals, nothing could be further from the truth. Don't hate them and not, not afraid of them. I, I hate the, the indoctrination of people into believing that homosexuality is normal. It's not, not according to a biblical standard. It's not, but I don't hate homosexuals, but I do hate falsehood. Our founding fathers were rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Even Thomas Jefferson, even some of those who are considered to be more Enlightenment philosophers like Thomas Jefferson and even Ben Franklin, uh, Thomas Paine. But they were familiar with the Bible and its precepts and felt that the Bible had much to say about how one's life is to be governed. In other words, they were influenced by it, even if they weren't what we would call Orthodox Christian believers. But many of our founding fathers were devout believers. John Jay was, John Adams was, Samuel Adams was. And I could just go down the, the, the Patrick Henry was a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I could just go down the list. And they felt that the success of our nation, even to the point that they saw it, and they could not have, they did not see, the gargantuan, miraculous success of this nation. They didn't see it, but what they saw was enough to make them acknowledge God's providence and acknowledge the blessing and, and the hand of almighty God on the affairs of our nation. And now you've got people, they, they created the greatest nation on earth. Our founding fathers did with the, by the grace of God created the greatest nation on earth. And you got people who couldn't create a, a BB. Running around telling us what we know, how America's bad and America needs to change. And what have they created? What have they built? Nothing. Done a lot of tearing up. Destroyed property, looted businesses, uh, murdered people in the streets. I've done a lot of that. But what have they built? Nothing. Zip. Zero. Nada. Even these big tech people, they think they they think, you know what, they think they're God is what they think. And they, they've got a real comeuppance coming. I said in my sermon yes, well, I don't know whether it was in my, yeah, I think it was in my sermon yesterday. You know, if Jeff Bezos, who is reputedly now the richest or second richest man in the world, it, it, it changes, he it thinks he's gonna stand before God, and God's gonna go, wow, I, I am in awe. I am so impressed. Mr. Bezos, you have done extraordinary things. All the billions of dollars, all the packages you've delivered. Wow. I'll tell you what, Um, 136 billion, that's what you made. Give me that, come right on in. No, Jeff Bezos is going to find himself naked before God unless he receives Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and all the money he made and all the money he gave away is not going to mean a hill of beans because he's going to stand before God as a sinner without Jesus Christ if he dies without Christ and he's going to go straight to hell and all the money that he made through Amazon is not going to help him not one iota. He's going to find out that he is as poor. He's more poor than any person who's ever been poor who knew Jesus Christ. He, he thinks he's rich. He's not rich. Oh, yeah, you by earthly standards. But he'll be gone like that. What's the word say? I think it's in, let me make sure here. It's in, I'm uh, pretty sure it's in Psalm 34. Let me see. Uh, no, but let me give it to you. But I can quote it for you. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Psalm 37, not 34, 30, 37. I have seen the wicked in great power spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I saw him and he could not be found. But Mark, the blameless man, observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, all these big tech moguls. Without Christ, hell bound. And they're going to find out all that stuff they think they did and all that greatness they thought they had didn't amount to a thing. You think we're going to need high-tech in, in the kingdom of God? I, no, we won't. You know why? Because we're going to live at such a high level of being that that stuff is going to be completely... that's going to be like prehistoric stuff. Machines and, 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 and electronics and all that. Because remember, we're, we're going to be elevated to a point where we're no longer bound by time or space. You think we don't need spacecraft to try to get to the other side of the universe? We'll be there like that. Jesus said, now we're not angels and we never will be, but Jesus said in heaven, they are, they are as the angels in heaven. So in other words, the powers that angels have right now to travel the universe, to be anywhere they need to be instantaneously, practically, we will have that. Remember when Jesus, appeared before his, before, his before his disciples, he didn't knock on the door and say, open the door, let me in. He was just there. And when he got ready to go, same thing with, the, with the, the, the disciples on the Emmaus Road, when he got ready to go, he didn't say, okay, let me get on the road, I got a long way to travel. He just, and he was gone. The Bible says when we see him, we shall be like him. The same resurrection body he has, we're going to have beyond time, beyond space, beyond death, beyond injury, beyond sickness, beyond any disease. You think all this stuff that they've got, all that what we consider to be technological marvels are going to matter in that life, in that condition? No. They won't. They won't. You won't need an airplane to try to get where you're going. I need one now. <laughs> But we, you won't, you won't need a car to try to get, get across town. And, and these people think they're so important, but that's because they see things from a temporal perspective. But if you look at things from an eternal perspective, you get, you, it, 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 it causes you to shrink in significance in terms of what you as a human being think you are accomplishing in this earth. And I'm not saying progress and accomplishments don't matter. I'm just saying we have the wrong perspective on them. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's why the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For anyone loves the world. The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life are not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away with the lust of it. But those who do the will of God abide forever. Now, I'm not. look, I don't hate Mark Zuckerberg. I don't hate Jeff Bezos either. And I'm not jealous of what they have in any way whatsoever. I'm not. I just want you to understand that. That's not what I'm coming, it's not where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm trying to put into a biblical and Christian and godly perspective the the the, the uh, in fact I'm preaching a whole series on this, how to be successful right now, uh, in, in church on Sundays. But putting all of that in perspective in the light of eternity and in the light of God's truth and God's principles. And see, for the world. It's like, whoa, look at that. But then from God's perspective. Shrinks into nothing. Shrinks into nothing. And they better get a revelation. Before it's too late. And stop using their, their vaunted power and wealth to pursue an ungodly and anti-God agenda and to silence the voices of truth that would proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord and He is the Savior of the world and the only way of salvation and Muhammad is not. Now see, that'll get me kicked off of some social media platforms right there. But that's the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth makes you free. All right, to celebrate American History Month, but let me get to a couple of issues before I have to go. I'll come back. We'll come back to Philippians uh, tomorrow. Um, just, just a couple of things I want to hit, folks. And this, this dovetails nicely. I really do believe. I am. I'm coming more and more to believe, getting more and more solid in this, that there is a concerted effort. To deny the American people the right to make choices for the betterment of their own health and well-being in the in the midst of this COVID ap- uh, 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 pandemic, and that that right is being denied them, and Americans are dying as a result. Now I've said to you all before: I am not pro-vaccine. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm, kind of moving more toward anti, to tell you the truth, because the more I learn about it, I've been doing some research this weekend, the more I learn about it, the more skeptical I am about it. Now, I've always ex- expressed skepticism about its long-term prospects, but I'm learning this, this vaccine was pushed so, through so rapidly that it has defied all other protocols. We just have to pray that this thing does not have long-term deleterious impact upon the American people. But that aside, whether you've decided to have the vaccine, if you had it, you felt that was the right decision for you, whether I'm pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine is really not relevant. What's relevant is you have to make the decision that you believe is best for you and best for your family, and the government shouldn't be forcing you one way or the other. But I am convinced that this, this myopic vision that there's only one thing to be done, and that is vaccine, 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 or shot as some prefer to call it because it has not followed the protocols of a vaccine. And things like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and other immune boosting treatments or recommendations are completely ignored, completely ignored. And I'm hearing more and more doctors who aren't willing to just go along with the herd just to be accepted say, we've killed people because we've denied them these prophylactic treatments that could A, help prevent the disease, B, help prevent the advance of the disease to to a point where it is life-threatening. And yet these treatments are denied. Most doctors won't even prescribe them. And people say, well, Ivermectin is given to animals. There are a lot of medicines given to animals that are given to human beings, but not at the same doses, obviously. Not the same, it, 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 they are modified, if you will, either in the dose or in the nature of it for human consumption. But apparently, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, for example, have been literally used on thousands of patients to no negative side effects. I mean, I'm sure there may be the occasional um, allergy that somebody has or something in it, but, but there's no negative side effects to speak of. And I was talking to somebody not too long ago. Uh, I, I, am, I am, you know... I'm not going to give out people's medical information, identify people obviously, but, but believe me when I tell you, I was talking to somebody not too long ago who said point blank, ivermectin saved my life. It saved my life. He said, I, I was going down. This person had a number of comorbidities, uh, serious comorbidities, the, the kinds of things you hear about if you've got these things and you get COVID, you will likely to have a problem. Said, and I, I was having a problem started t- taking uh, Ivermectin, my, he said his doctor prescribed it, an unusual situation. Most doctors won't. So I began to turn around immediately. As soon as I started taking it, within a very short time after that, things began to turn around. Now, folks, I just want to encourage you as I've said many times before, this is a principle I live by. I would encourage you to live by it too. I respect what experts have to say, and I weigh what experts have to say, but I don't worship what experts have to say. They're not God. Even though you've got a whole scientific consensus. consensus oh, no, 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 no ivermectin, no hydrochloric, the vaccine, the vaccine, the vaccine. I weigh that. But I don't worship that. Because how many times in history have whole groups of people all been wrong all wrong. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I would say to you as if you're a Christian don't you dare take that vaccine without you praying about it and seeking God's face say Lord is this something I should be doing. Don't do it. Don't do it because your mama says do it. Your daddy says do it. says Your brother says do it. Your niece says do it. Your nephew says do it. Your uncle says do it. Your aunt says do it. Your cousin says do it. And your best friend says do it. Don't do it because of that. You pray and seek God's face and say, Lord, lead me. You said in all my ways I would acknowledge you, you would direct my path. Say, well, then, Bishop, what do I look for? Look for a conviction in your heart as to what the right thing is for you in the sight of God. And then you follow that conviction. You stand on it. I realize some of you may be standing on that conviction. If God, if if you feel that God is telling you, don't have that vaccine. Don't take that shot. You may put your job at stake. You may put your career at stake. You may put some relationships at stake. I've heard some people say, I won't associate with people who won't get the vaccine. Well, my daddy used to say, "Yon you went." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you know, I mean, if that's if that's the way you feel about it because that's the devil folks that's the devil why in the world would I cut off a relationship with you? because because I say I, I think and I don't but but I, I think you should have some have this medical treatment you don't you know And so I, as I said, I I thought I probably would not get to Philippians, but I'll get to it tomorrow. Um, but, but this, this stuff is important folks on my radio program. I'm going to start trying to have some of these doctors on who are disagreeing with the herd so that people can at least listen to them. And here again, I'm not saying what they have to say. You just buy into that. You weigh it all. You have to make your own providential judgment. Don't, don't surrender your judgment to me or to a doctor or to a lawyer or to, you you think and pray about things. And you see where God is leading you. But I I'll tell you this, this quick story and then I'm, then I'm gonna be done. You all have heard me tell the story about this tumor I had. It's called a a um desmoid tumor, or they also referred to it as an aggressive fibromatosis. Now boy, that sounds intimidating, does it? Aggressive fibromatosis. So these things <clears throat> are in the cancer family. But unlike classic cancer, they don't enter into the bloodstream, they don't spread throughout the body, they're very localized. The problem is they become very aggressive in their growth, and people have had desmoid tumors that have grown to the size of watermelons. I mean, that's how they ultimately kill people, they so disrupt their body's ability to function, uh, and so mess up their, their, um, uh, the, the, their physiology, if you will, in that particular place, that the body just basically can't handle it. There's too much pressure. And so, for example, mine was on my chest. And it, it never, it never entered the chest wall, but it just, it started to grow. And it got to be about the, the size of a half grapefruit and I I would wear, you know, kind of shirts like this, but only, only bulky to try to make sure I hit it and people could not see it. So I don't think anybody noticed it. I think the first time the public was aware was when I when I talked about it publicly, but I didn't talk about it publicly at the time. In fact, I was running for what was I running for? I think I was running for U.S. Senate at the time, back in 2011. So, I, you know, I went to see all these specialists. I ended up going to the University of Virginia and talking to specialists there. Talked to specialists in my area, and and um, and you know got some chemotherapy, that kind of thing. Talked to some of my, I've got friends who are doctors and got some of their advice and counsel and, and all of that. i listen to all that. You know, I'm praying at the same time. Well, but, but where did this thing come where, where did this thing come from? It's very, very rare. I had no history of it in my family. Where, where, I have i have a theory about how it happened, but I won't get into that. Uh, um because frankly I think that it happened as a result of a, of a medical treatment that I got that I really didn't need that a doctor recommended so but that's another matter <laughs> I don't know that for a fact but that's my speculation because the thing just came out of nowhere oh my goodness I'm out of time so finally this thing had gotten to a point where it, it had you know grown and, and it was not you know it was not really getting any better uh, I was taking some chemotherapy and some of it lightened my skin put blisters on my feet I mean I was having all kinds of issues I was campaigning with blisters on my feet nobody knew it the Marine, and he wouldn't let, you know, just, <laughs> the Marine, and he wouldn't, just wouldn't give in. But folks, I was trying to walk normal and my feet were just absolutely on fire. But at any rate, I told my doctor, I said, um, you know, he, he told me I have, have an operation. I'm going to go a couple minutes over, but bear with me. He told me, well, you need to have an operation. I said, well, okay, what's that look like? He said, well, because of the size of the thing, we're gonna have to take out all your ribs. It was on my right side. I have to take out all the ribs on your right side. We're gonna have to take skin grafts off of other parts of your body. We're gonna give you fiberglass ribs and we're gonna cover the ribs with skin grafts from other parts of your body. And I mean, I said, how long does this take? And, and, and forgive me, I am not. I don't have the exact time, but I know it was like nine, 10, 11 hours. I forget the exact number, but it was. it was like all day. <laughs> it would start in the morning and it would be the late afternoon or evening before they were done. I listened to all that. And I went back and prayed about that and said, Lord, what in the world am I going to do here? I got to deal with this thing. And the Lord told me very explicitly, I mean, here again, he didn't come and sit in my living room folks and speak to me (laughs) but, but a conviction arose in my heart. Don't do it. Trust me for your healing. Once that conviction hit me, I went back to the doctor. I said, well, I'm not having an operation. And he said, really? I said, no. I said, well, what do you think is going to happen if I don't have it? He says, it's going to kill you. I said, well, I'm not having it. I didn't even tell my family. The doctor told me this at the time. I said, well, I'm not having it. And he said, you really are? I said, no, I'm not doing it. I said, have you ever seen these things just go away? He said, I've heard about it. I've heard it happen, but I've never seen it. And I said, "Well, you watch? because I knew God was going to heal because God told me don't have the operation. He's not going to kill me. Right. He's going to go away. And this is what I, the point I want to get to. So, I, so I'll end this here. Cause all you know that I'm healed. I'm whole, I'm well, the thing went away and I'll tell you the story about that maybe at another time. But here's what the doctor said to me and I will never forget it. He said, well, there was a time when I would have pressed you to have this operation. He said, but I had a patient who had heart disease and I kept telling him that he needed to have an operation and he was very resistant he said I don't want to do that I'm not going to do that I said but I wouldn't let it rest cuz I thought that the operation was going to save his life and I kept telling him look you got to have this operation you got to have this operation he said and finally he gave in and said okay and the patient died on the operating table He said, and I I realized at that point, maybe he knew something I didn't know. Maybe on some level that, that transcends my facts and information and knowledge, he understood something that I didn't, saw something that I couldn't, sent something that I didn't. And I should have left the man alone because the following day he was dead And without the operation the following day, and who knows how many days after he would have been alive. That's what the doctor said to me. He said, so you don't want to have it. I said, that's your decision. And folks, it is your decision. Don't you let the government, don't you let a doctor, don't you let any expert tell you what to do with your body. Now I'm not saying just be stupid and just do whatever you feel like it. I'm saying be prayerful and seek God's face, and let God lead you and guide you. And believe me, God doesn't make mistakes. God bless you. I love you. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit, because we are on God's side. Oops. Whoa.